This Rock Talk podcast recording is an interview and opinion product that is the property of rocksubculture.com, all rights reserved. Rocksubculture.com is not responsible for any statements or opinions expressed by the guests of this programme. Welcome to Rock Talk, the official podcast for rocksubculture.com. Each podcast features interviews with special guests to discuss all aspects of popular music. Rocksubculture.com travels the globe to experience, review and archive live concert events. Interview those involved in producing and performing a variety of genres of popular rock music as well as find and learn about related studio and stage-use artifacts and memorabilia. Now, let's join our host, Jason DeBord. So do you like being called Daryl McDaniels or DMC? D? D. Okay. So uh, today I am talking with D from the famous Run DMC, and uh, now he's launched DMC Comics. And uh, we were at SatCon today in Sacramento, comic book convention, pop culture. And it's an honor to talk to you today. How did you feel the day when I saw you? It was fun. It was really good. Um, it was one of the better comic cons. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of action, a lot of people, good crowd. And uh, the the uh, panel was actually good too. Yeah, because um, the panel was good because we spoke about the music and we spoke about comic book culture. Right. And you know, I hope that people understand that um, comics and hip hop and kung fu movies go together. Yeah, that's the generation that I come from. Right. So, growing up, when did you, what sort of introduced you to comic books? What got you kind of collecting? My brother, he was three years older than me, you know, he started collecting. And then um, I think when I was six, years, six or seven years old, I used to, um, what really got me into him was, um, I used to want to draw all the time. Yeah. So I started drawing stick figures, and when my brother, um, brought the comic books homes, he would always buy tracing paper so he could trace the covers and stuff like that. So I just started doing that because he was doing it. And then by the time I was seven or eight, I didn't need the tracing paper no more. I could just sit there and draw Captain America, draw Hulk. Because <laughs> my brother, he was collecting Marvel. Yeah. So me and my brother, once I got into it, um, I started collecting Marvel because I'm a brother. Yeah. But I really like the comics because I like to draw. I'd buy the comic book just to get the cover to draw it. So was it like a vicarious thing for you? Like, did you feel a connection with those characters by drawing them, or did you? No, like I didn't connect aspect? with. The, I didn't connect with the characters till I started reading. Okay. But the whole appeal of the comic book was the art. Yeah. It was, you know, the covers, it was the colors, um, it was the wording. It was like the art in the comic books was like the graffiti on the walls. Yeah. 
And this was what, like late 60s? This was or early 60, 70s? if I was five years old in 69. This was like 71, 72. Okay. No, probably no. Yeah, 70, 70, 71. Because I was born 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69. Yeah, 70. So were you into like the Stanley Jack Kirby? It was all, all of that. It was all of that. I was into the, um, because of comic books, I was into the um, early cartoons of Marvel where it wasn't animated. It was animated, but they would just move the whole figure across the screen. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Those old cartoons, Captain America yeah. throws his mighty <laughs> shield. And um, the envelope and hope, 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 and all of those. So I got into that because of the comic books, but it wasn't until I started reading Captain America. I started reading Spider-Man. I started reading the Defenders. People forget the Defenders. Yeah, they had the Avengers, but there was. A, <laughs> I started reading Defenders, um, Avengers. Um, what else was I? In? The last um, series I got into was Deathlock, but it was always Marvel because Marvel was New York. Yeah. So you can relate. When to I looked at the boy, I was a little cities. kid that couldn't go nowhere. So. I saw New York City, Central Park, Park Avenue, um, the Roosevelt Island Tram, Empire State Building, everything that was in New York that I couldn't see in person as a kid wow. was shown to me in Marvels. DC was cool, but Gotham and Metropolis was fictional. Right. And um, I liked Batman a lot. Batman was the first DC comic I started collecting. And I used to love to draw Batman. Superman was cool, but it was something edgy about Batman. Yeah. But it was Batman, Flash, and um, the Green Lantern, believe it or not, from <laughs> DC. But Marvel, anything they put out, I was into. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your comic and the world you've created uh -huh. for your character? The DMC character is in that universe. Daryl McDaniels, which is me, same person, son of Byford, brother of Al, man is my man, mother, but Run's not my pal. I never meet Run in that universe. Oh, really? Jay is in there, but the reader got to figure out what's the significance of having Jay and not Run in there, but hmm. they'll figure that out. Um, in the comic, and it's not DMC to rap a superhero. I never rap or nothing like that. I go to St. John's University. I graduate with my degree. I become a teacher. Along the way, in the first issue isn't an origin issue either. But what happens is I discover I have these superpowers which I use to make the world a better place. In this universe, my superpower is hip hop and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. In that universe, it's superpowers. And DMC is the first superhero introduced in a universe, not the only one. I'm just the first superhero you're introduced into this universe. It's an 80s-like universe, but the question is, is it the 80s? Because it could be the future. <laughs> right. The graffiti on the trains, the breakdancers, the, the punk rockers, the metalheads, um, you know, the pop, um, Andy Warhol, all of those cats running around. Is it the 80s or is it the future? But it's in a universe where um, there's a bunch of superheroes, but a lot of the superheroes 
are in it for ulterior motives money prestige fortune fame a lot of the superheroes are um prejudice i only defend the white people i only defend the black people i hate the gay people um you know i hate the black people whatever dmc is considered by people the people of the city dmc's our hero he's mm -hmm. the real superhero they don't like all these super you know these other superheroes and in, in the comic book the superheroes who are not completely for the people they remind you of the superheroes that we grew up seeing like the supermans and mm -hmm. and the um you know the captain americas and the captain americas and supermans these guys running around in tights when those superheroes were created superman batman all of these guys those characters were based on that generation's heroes errol mm -hmm. flynn right um, Robin Hood, the Three Musketeers. My superheroes of my generation were the breakdancers, right. the graffiti artists and the DJs, because they their style was super heroic to us. Right. So as a little kid from my generation, when I'm mature, my superheroes, when I picture superhero, He's not going to have his underwear on his pants and this and that and, the, you know, the, the, the boots, you know, right. the swashbuckler boots and carry shields in it. He's going to look like the B-Boys. Yeah. So to distinguish between the generations, you got those, you got Superman and Batman running around. And now you got DMC, which was one of the first generations of the current uh, superheroes. Because you got to think about it. We had Batman, Superman. We had Marvel in D.C., and for some reason, people act like you can't create no more superheroes all of a sudden. So I wouldn't create a DMC superhero that would 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 have um would would have um which is relatable to Captain and Batman. They that's, they came up. You know, Bruce Wayne was a kid; his parents right. died, so he became Batman. I'm watching Batman, who's older than I was a kid. When I grow up and discover I had superhero powers, I'm not going to dress like Captain America. Right. Even if, if even if I was the new Iron Man, <laughs> my suit ain't going to look like that. Technology's different. Right. The first cell phone don't look like the iPhone. Right. The first Cadillac don't even. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if I'm, I, I discover I have these powers, I'm not going to put on a cape and stuff. I'm just going to throw on an Adidas suit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the DMC superhero represents. A generation of people, younger people who grow up, and when they discover they have a just gift for the power, their expression of who they are is going to be different from all the other superheroes. And we did that to distinguish from the so-called government superhero, military right. superhero. I'm from the street, so all I know <laughs> is, yo, I, all I know is, if I'm put my suit on, it's got to be fly. Right. <laughs> so DMC is the first superhero introduced into this '80s-like universe. The reason why I use the '80s, the 1980s was one of the most visually, intellectually, musically, artistically creative periods. Hands down. Right. Andy Warhol, Basquiat, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Bon Jovi, Metallica, mm -hmm. the Beastie Boys, punk rock. All of that came out of the 80s. Yeah. So the culture and the mentality of the heroes and the villains. You know, the 80s came out was artistically. Then people discovered you can make money off this. Right. So then, once again, greed, um, AIDS. 
came. Oh, it's because of the homosexuals and this. No. Mm -hmm. So in this book, we're dealing with homophobia. We're dealing with um, the first issue actually dealt with domestic violence. People thought that was planned. It wasn't planned. We just want to utilize this universe in an artistic way to deal with the issues hip-hop, the church, and politics is afraid to talk about straight up. Right. Hip-hop, whatever it was, when we talked about these issues, there was discussion. And it would, it would fix it. Hip-hop is all-inclusive. Right. You know, Rick Rubin came to Jay and said, could, they, could these punk rockers, the Beastie Boys, make a hip-hop record? Sure. <laughs> it wasn't, no, because they ain't black. Right. No, because they don't wear Adidas. Hip-hop was never about that. So in this universe, everything people are thinking, positive and negative, exists. So we want to use the positivity to overcome the negative. So DMC, the superhero, represents everybody on earth thinking positive. Mm -hmm. The same way when Red DMC came along, People say we look like gangsters, our music was hard, but we were so positive. Well, that's the thing, like, you had such a positive message in your music and, and um, an empowering kind of message. Right. That's and, what the book does. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was a conscious effort because we knew this is what everybody wanted. Mm -hmm. But even Biggie, Biggie's first record, it was all a dream. His idols, Biggie, fat black crack selling dude <laughs> who's, who wants to sell crack just to get some earrings for his baby. That's, that's every father's dream. You know what I'm saying? But he just went about it the wrong way. Right. But on Biggie's first record, who was his idols? It wasn't Al Pacino playing Scarface. It wasn't Manuel Noriega, the drug military right. lord. It wasn't John Gotti, the gangster, salt and pepper, heavy D up in the limousine. Biggie saw that stuff and went, Dad, that's power, that's yeah. safe. And he wasn't afraid to say it. Yeah. Well, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, um, it wasn't, um, 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 what was the drug lord that they caught a couple of, um, Paco, pa Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah. He didn't rap that. <laughs> he was he was I want to be I want to be like John like these guys nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you know all the guys that were in street Africa Bambada and the Zulu Nation was actually the Black Spades, the biggest street gang in New York. Hmm. But when they did hip hop records, they didn't make records saying we we had a gang fight last night. We selling <laughs> all the drugs and all the weed and we having all the sex with every. They made a record about we know a place where the lights are hot. Be something, you know, Soul Sonic, Force Mr. Biggs, Pow Wow, and MC Glow, we emphasize to show. We got ego, make this your night, rock it by day. As the people say, live it up. Shucks, no work or play, our world is free. Be what you want, just be. And that was the young people yeah. saying, our ghettos is messed up, um, school system, everything that's messed up with America today. Hip-hop said, no excuses. Mm -hmm. And it said, what could you do? Some of us knew poetry. Some of us liked music. Some of us was really good with markers and spray cans. Some of us, when we heard the music and the poetry together, spun on our heads. So hip-hop said, do what you think that you want to do. Hip-hop didn't just create rappers. When Basquiat died, he had a Run DMC ticket to go see us at the Ritz in New York City the night he died. Oh, really? His boys was on his way to come. I saw the documentary. I said, get the fuck out wow. of here. <laughs> he was going to see the Run DMC thing. So our representation of positivity 
being powerful was very super heroic. That's why people say DMC. Chris Rock said, yo, running Jay were cool. But DMC was like a superhero, the way he looked, <laughs> the way he sounded. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then when I look at my whole life, all the superheroes were educated. I was a smart, straight A kid. Mm -hmm. All the superheroes wear glasses, whether it is to hide their alias. All the superheroes, Superman is so powerful, he got to act nerdy right. like he don't know <laughs> nothing. Um, all the superheroes, I found out that I was adopted at age 35, didn't know my whole Run DMC career. Mm -hmm. um, I found out that I was adopted, Jay died, and my father died. It was very traumatic for me. Yeah. Then I found out I was adopted, and I found out I was a foster kid. Spider-Man was adopted by Aunt May. Right. Batman was adopted by Alfred. His parents died. Superman came to Earth. He's right. an orphan. He was... All the super... People said, dude, you're really a superhero. So <laughs> I took my actual life that I was live, I'm living, being a kid reading comic books, not knowing everything Peter Parker and Batman and Superman is, I really am in real life. I'm an right. orphan. Uh, my mother and father kept me for whatever reason. This kid has purpose. I meet Run and Jay, here I am now, change the world. So in my book, I do that same thing. And when you look at the similarities of hip hop, the stories are all the same. Hip-hop, superheroes, and kung fu movies. And kung fu movies is always an oppressive thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oppressing is the rich Chinese um, lords. Oppressing the pheasants. Right. This pheasant boy comes up. You know what I'm saying? They <laughs> kill my mother and father. He discovers he has the... It's all yeah. parallel to life. So we wanted to do that with the book. But that being said... All my artistic ability, all my writing ability, my whole personality at Run DFC was a superhero dream. I never, mm -hmm. I never wanted to make records. Run found my school books where I used to write my rhymes and do my doodles. And he was like, D, you wrote these rhymes? I was like, yeah. <laughs> then he said, D, you get these grades? I was a straight A student. I wore glass. I was a nerdy kid <laughs> in St. Pascal Baylon Catholic High School from kindergarten and eighth grade who sat in the back, got straight A's and read comic books. And back then, even all the educators was like, don't let the kids read comic books. The reason why I was a, such a smart student in school, I would learn about, in history class, I'd learn about World War II. <laughs> but I would go home, Captain America would take me there. Yeah. So when the test came up, I would ace it. I would learn about um, um, astro astronomy. I would learn about the planets. You know, in school, they give you the planets. Learn, learn all the planets, the stars, the sun, supernovas. But then I would come home, Galactus, and the watch and the silver surfer would take me there. Yeah. It's one thing just learning, okay, the moon and Jupiter. But then I would come home and read. Because I was reading, I was a great... I read everything when I was little. But because I was reading comic books when I wasn't in school, I was, I was acing. Comic books gave me big words. and put So that whole world... It allowed me to excel in school by drawing and writing the comics when it came time to write my rhymes. King of Rock, for instance. Crash through walls, come through floors, bust through ceilings, and knock down. <laughs> Crash through what's also said. Amazing Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, Invincible Iron Man, the devastating DMC, the microphone um, description title, my whole delivery, my whole presentation, my whole look. My first publicist said, and he used these words, 
it was crazy to see mild mannered Daryl McDaniels <laughs> transform into Mighty King of Rock. And I'd yeah. go out there on stage with Run, and when I got off stage, I'd go back to drawing in my comic book. So it's all parallel. But that being said, hip hop, when hip hop came, it gave this nerdy kid a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have never, I didn't want to get up in front of y'all. But because I would say, what would the Hulk do right now? <laughs> Tony Stark's got attitude. Spider-Man is very funny and witty when he's fighting and running. You know what I'm saying? So when I got out there, but when I came, when I came on a stage, I didn't. I wasn't saying things that I didn't do. I never was in a gang. Right. I ain't sell drugs. I never was in jail. So I just rode on DMC. In a place <laughs> to be, I go to sing, and I, and I would just write rhymes about what I do. Or they do a Christmas record. I didn't rhyme about Santa Claus. Growing up in my house every Christmas, mom's cooking chicken and collard greens, rice and stuff with macaroni and cheese, and Santa put gifts. And Santa's my dad. He's acting like, oh shit, there goes Santa. <laughs> so I would rhyme, my, all my rhymes was relevant stuff, but even my, um, even my, um, you know, when I did Hit It Run, Born to Rock Around the Clock. You can't say I'm not. That's all dialogue that I got from superhero. That's how I wrote. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know how comic books were just, you know, um, Thor, son of Odin, son of Bifrit, brother <laughs> of Al, man is my mother, and run, it's McDaniels, not McDonald's, <laughs> these rhymes are Daryl's, those burgers are around. That's all medieval Thor folklore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, all, it came from... You know, whether it was the monsters, I Dream of Genie, the Batman on TV with Adam Ward, Adam West and Burt Ward, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That was me, my childhood. So when I had to do something artistically, all of that, I moves. You know, the B-Boy, it's all superhero stuff. So do you think growing up reading about fictional comic book heroes and then sort of seeing the real world and kind of relating the two inspired you to be like a positive role model? Yes. In kind of a world of where it's not like you see real heroes every day. Right, well, right. Uh, My question always said this. People say that comic books is fantasy, but is it? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But one of the reasons why we wanted to be role models is from a hip-hop standpoint, all the rappers before us rapped about positive things. I didn't live in a ghetto. Mm -hmm. I lived in the lower middle-class suburb. Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five, uh, Treacherous Street, all of these guys lived in Harlem in the Bronx. Right. I had a backyard. My mother and father paid for me to go to school. <laughs> Every 12th grade to 8th grade Catholic school, they paid tuition yeah. for me to go to school. My father, had a, my father would get up and mow the lawn. He wasn't wealthy, but he was middle class, lower suburban. So... And the kids living in the Bronx and Harlem back in the days, it was a war zone. The Bronx was burning. Brooklyn was insane. Brooklyn now has all this gentrification. And Brooklyn looks like um, Miami Beach now. You know, and New York condos is going up. It was very different back then. But all the kids who had less than me, I lived there. I was very, I had to be home when the sun goes down. <laughs> when that street light come on, you have your butt in this house. I had a good life as a kid. All the kids who had less than me, were rapping about politics, society, history, and envisioning it could be better. We don't know how, but it could be better. Mm-hmm. Telling us go to school. Tell all the gangbangers were telling us don't be in a gang. Right. That has a powerful effect on kids who are 
just outside of that area, but that even has a more powerful effect for kids living in that area. Mm -hmm. And so I, for me as a kid, I think it was the combination of the power and presentation of comic books and kung fu movies put up, um, applied to our real lives. So those two things and seeing, you know, the, 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 the rappers before us coming from less places making message records like the message and making records like Planet Rock and making records like the Treacherous Street Yes You Can came had effect on the young it had effect on the young people. Yeah. Where we said, okay, we living in the ghetto, it's effed up, but there's something I can do. Yeah. That can empower me. Yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting to me is you have such a rock and roll element in in all your songs. Right. And like today you're wearing a Nirvana shirt. Yes. I was actually at the show at the Greek a couple years ago with LL Cool J where you came out. Oh, with LL. I was like front row center actually. And uh, right. you had a Guns N' Roses shirt on. Yeah. So. Led Zeppelin, Beatles, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Sublime, um, 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 Credence Clearwater Revival, oh, yeah. Joan Jett, Janis Joplin, um, um, the Beatles, John Lennon solo, Paul McCartney and Wings, um, John Fogarty, uh, Elton John, mm -hmm. um, 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 Doobie Brothers, um, Jim Croce, Harry Chapin. Um, um, what it is is when I was a little kid with my comic books, we had AM radio. Mm -hmm. AM radio would play Dylan. AM radio <laughs> would play James Brown. AM radio would play. Um, Elton John, AM Radio would play the Jackson 5, every slide of Family Stone. But for some reason, rock and folk rock appealed to me because they were singing about the issues. You know, a lot of, you know, Michael Jackson, I'll be there. All the little girls love Michael Jackson records. Um, James Brown, um, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, uh, Marvin Gaye, um, What's Getting On. Those were records, but most of their stuff was. You know, um, you know, um, 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 funky drummer and, and um, Marvin Gaye was love, love, love. <laughs> the folk and the rock guys, you know, Neil Young sung. Um, I didn't know Ohio was about Kent University. Um, Dylan and them were singing about government stuff. They were singing about you know um, social issues. So those songs, cause I read a lot. Oh wow, he's singing against the government. <laughs> Fortunate son, Fogarty, whether um, the, 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 the rock guys, whether you agree with them or not, sung about the Vietnam War. Some were for it, some was, you know, somebody, Chuck D. once said, if, if hip hop is so powerful and important right now, why are there no positive, fully clothed women rappers? <laughs> yeah. If hip hop is so powerful, we just been through, through, through two Gulf Wars. None of the legends or the, the current dudes in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The guys on the top of the chart wasn't singing. Your mother, your father, your brother, your cousins are going to war. Rock yeah. guys would sing about it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So for us, when we, we wouldn't just sample a rock artist, we would look, even if it was Miles Davis, whatever we sampled, this is because of the DJs we learned about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big difference that we had to learn about because you had album covers with liner notes. Mm -hmm. Telling you, Dylan grew up in, you know, I'm saying, you know, D D Dylan grew up on a farm in East Idaho and came to New York to be part of the downtown scene, <laughs> and he began singing records about this. So, 
Now you just get the, the, the digital download from iTunes and it's all to, it's disposable. But the rock element for Run DMC came because in the same DJ's crates, funk, jazz, disco records were all breakbeats. Because a disco record would just have a bass line, good right. time, boom, boom, but the rapper can run his mouth. When we started making records, when hip hop was being recorded, we did bass lines, we did James Brown beats, we did Parliament Funkadelic, we did jazz records, but we forgot about the rock break beats. <laughs> so run, me, Runner Jay just said, yo, let's make rock records. Those records were in the crate, and yeah. people thought it was something new. Yeah. It wasn't something new, it was just somebody, nobody was doing it yet. Hmm. And that was the whole rock element. But the, what rock is important to us because it was the rock stars who um, addressed this current social issues. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, you know, bands like the Four Tops and, and James Brown, they addressed the issue. Smile in your face. All time, backstab. You know, they, they talked about that. But it was something about talking directly about the government, talking directly about the powers to be that was rebellious to us. Mm -hmm. So we not only sampled rock, we took over their rebellious nature. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the music industry today? I mean, that's a broad question, but... The, like music industry, the music industry today, you know, to me it's corny. Because there's so much creativity, innovation, and power that the Grammys should be the most exciting thing every yeah, year. Yeah. And it's just too much based on celebrity and prettiness. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. too much based on glitz and glamour and celebrity, you know. Uh, who got the best designer dress? Right. Uh, you know, the stars collaborating with each other. Um, it's just, it's just too, it's not about the, it's too, it's too show busy. Yeah. Real show business is Kurt Cobain and Nirvana well, coming up there. That's what just came to my mind, yeah. And just playing a song that is so relevant to the whole audience and going home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Run DMC, when we was nominated for Grammys, we didn't even want to be there. Yeah. We want to do our show, we want to go home. No, you got to go do the red carpet. You got to know, you know, right. if you want to know what I'm about, just listen to my music. Yeah. So music today is too, it's not even watered down. It's too empty. It's, it's no, um, it's no aggressiveness to it. It's no edge. It's no compassion. It's no um, empathy for the audience. Um, it's not exciting, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's not interesting. Yeah. You know, it's 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 too made up. Yeah. Like we don't need them. No, me we we took makeup one time and then realized <laughs> what the fuck are we getting made up for? We don't want to go sing. <laughs> so I, I we never take makeup anymore. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We don't want we don't want to do the red carpet. Can we come in the back door, do our set, and wave and go home? So, I mean, that being said, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's so much bad stuff that um, there's so much bad stuff that the bad stuff is dominating the whole marketplace. Right. And then once once the bad stuff becomes accessible, I learned this in social studies: social norms, um, <coughs> irresponsibility, immaturity. Um, ignorance 
and stupidity is reigning supreme in music right now. And once we get back to the place where um, the radio is playing a song, not only because the people want to hear it, because it's important that the audience hear it. Mm -hmm. um, Grand Pooba from Brand Nubian about five years ago, he put out this record called I See Dead People, which five years ago, five or six years ago, I thought was the best record of the year. And the singing, the beat, and his flow. Mm -hmm. But because he's Grand Pooba from the 90s, <laughs> you consider him over. I always tell people, let people quote, say that you're over. Because when they say that you're over, that means you did something that person saying it will never do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. He's over. Vanilla Ice is over. No, he's not. Okay, he may not be popular anymore. And you're saying he's over, but look what Vanilla, as much as look what Vanilla Ice did. Yeah. He was important to hip hop because he was that. You had Hammer and you had Vanilla Ice. <laughs> that was their time. Yeah. If you want to, if you, you want to do something about it, go make a better record. Right. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> make a better record. There's a lot of better records that should be on the Grammys, that should be on the radio, but because of show and entertainment business, it's not doing anything to better the show and entertainment business. Yeah. Well, I know you've had a super long day. I have just one parting question for you. Uh -huh. What advice do you have to younger artists of any art form, like as far as right. you've, you've had so many great accomplishments and done so many different things and touched right. so many different people? Like, What advice would you give to that young person today who, who wants to sort of use art as a way right. to um, be positive and reach people and right. affect people. Um, the first thing to do is don't be ashamed to be unique. Don't be ashamed to not be part of the crowd. Um, and look at what everybody's doing and do something completely different. Because mm -hmm. I don't care what artistic <laughs> arena is, the person that does the different thing is the person that rules for that decade. Yeah. Or that five. Don't think. I just want to. There's, there's a difference between being hot and being dope. I think yeah. Common <laughs> or I think it was Common that said that. I believe it was Common that said that. He said it's a difference. You want to be hot. Yeah. But you want to be hot and dope for, <laughs> hot is for now, dope is forever. Yeah. So to the young people, don't, don't sell your soul to be something that you're not. Yeah. If you're going to sell your soul, sell your soul with the plan that, okay, I'm going to do this for this little bit of time. But once I get to that peak right there, mm -hmm. things is going to change. And that's yeah. what we did. We changed things. Yeah. We changed things. We, people, you know, bust around and say, Run DMC didn't just change music. They changed style. Yeah, they changed relationships. Yeah, they changed relationships between other black people, white yeah. people. Like, that's what your artist is supposed to do, whether it's a painting, whether it's music, whether it's storytelling, whether it's book writing, whether it's a children's book. Always have that. And um, also, know that when you do something and you achieve, you got to be open to say, I'll open this door, now I'm going to leave it open for others. Yeah. Don't close the door like a lot of people do now. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That's why in hip-hop, you see the same five guys every week. I was talking to an old man 
that saw me do Tricky today, and he was like, you know, I never liked hip-hop, but I always liked, um, you know, what you guys did, but I never really understood it. And then he said, now, thinking of Joe, he thought back to that time. You had Run DMC, BC Boys, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, um, 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 Tribe Called Quest, um, um, and De La Soul for Eric being Rakim, Cool mm-hmm. Rapper Polo. We all were from the same places, but we all were different. We brought a yeah. different representation of our existence as young people or young men and women, whether you was in Cali, you can relate to it. <laughs> whether you was in New York, you can relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, across the board. Now, guys, it's just like, when you look, LL said just 10 years, hip hop is just one long video and one long record. <laughs> we need to make it where it's 20 and 30 different artists simultaneously on a radio station. And somebody said today too, every time, you know, hip hop used to be every time you turn on the radio, you heard something new that would bust your head. <laughs> um, Travis Barker told me, most people jumped on the Run DMC bandwagon and would walk this way for the rock mm-hmm. rap thing. Travis Barker said, no, when I heard rock box, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a rock star. That's the way I was rapping it. Yeah. He said, when I, it just, it, it was something in it that made him see himself in it. Well, that was your first video that really blew up yeah. on MTV. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the first rap video on MTV, which that changed the world. That, yeah. If there was no rock box, it walked this way with another world. Right, worked. exactly. So that's the thing I say to young... When we were young people, and Travis and them was, was the generate Blink-182, Korn, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, all of those guys saw us and knew, oh man, we're going to be rock stars, which is weird, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah. they, they didn't, they wasn't doing hip hop, but they were rocking and rap, you know, that yeah. rap, Kid yeah. Rock said, Run DMC and Aerosmith had a baby, I popped out. <laughs> so that thing, that's the thing that changed, where everybody was rapping, but Run DMC brought the rock to it. Yeah. So it inspired people, and you got to be able to move out the way and let these guys do it so that when they get their shine, you can go up there and do it with them. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Is it, if you could have, collaborate with anyone today. Right now is um, I'm looking to collaborate with Tom Petty and Eric Clapton. Oh, wow. Those guys are on my radar right now. Awesome. I got these two songs, a very blues, rock, hip hop song that I need um, Eric Clapton <laughs> or um, Tom Petty on. Awesome. That's my next thing. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Thank Thanks, you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and everything that's in, everything I did with my music is what I'm going to do with this comic book. Yeah, that's awesome. As my friend said, you can do it, D, we're rooting on you. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thank you for listening to our program, Rock Talk. For the latest gig archives, articles, and features about popular music and concert events around the world, please visit us online at www.rocksubculture.com.
Um, you can't even say Moosebusters. 